بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الخلق سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم افتح لنا فتحا مبينا وارزقنا رزقا مباركا كريما اللهم ارنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وارنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه وادخلنا برحمتك في عبادك الصالحين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته. Inshallah today we'll uh, reflect on Surah Al-Ankabut, the spider. Um, many of us are familiar with some notions from this surah uh, because of its name, the spider. Um, it's a really profound, very profound surah and uh, is known for this beautiful parable that it has. But let us, inshallah, summarize. Summarize the main theme of the surah, uh, kind of the basic construction structure, and then shall we uh, touch upon some of the verses, the pertinent important verses connected to the theme, inshallah. So the surah ultimately addresses the question of the reality of the life that really matters. So that turns out there are different types of lives, and this surah will dig deep into. What is that real life that matters? What is the definition of it? And we'll differentiate between two lives of two types of lives. The life of this world, and it will characterize that life. It'll describe for us what that life is and why it's not really the real life. And it's going to ultimately highlight one feature of this life that really degrades it. It takes away from it the quality of life itself, which is what's called fitan. Fitan. We, I recited Surah Al-Buruj, and we heard a reference to the word fitna. Inna ladina fatanu al-mu'minina wal-mu'minati. Those who have inflicted what's called fitna upon the believers. It's a very deep concept in Islam, and in even the Arabic language. So this is one of those key words we need to be familiar with, because you're going to hear it thrown around a lot in Islamic terminology, <coughs> literature, ultimately in the Qur'an. In the Qur'an, this word, this concept of fitna is one of those concepts we need to understand just as we understand what, you know, Alhamdulillah means, SubhanAllah, Barallah, Azza wa Jal, right? Basic, essential words. This is one of those basic, fundamental words that we need to understand because it's part of our life. So this sort of talks about fitna and we'll dig deep into it. What's up with this fitna? Allah states in this surah, as the main theme of this surah, is that this life is full of fitness from the very beginning until the very end. And we'll talk about the definition of this. And he's going to differentiate this life from the ultimate life, what he defines to be the life of what's called al-hayawan, not animal, as we would translate it. Hayawan meaning the full, vigorous life, life of vitality and permanence, which is only the life of the hereafter. So Allah is going to differentiate between mm -hmm. the two. But returning back to this concept of fitna, this surah will ultimately state that what did people think? Did they think that they're going to just profess faith and make claims with their mouth and not be tested? When you see the word fitna, you're going to hear it translated as, as tested, but it's much more elaborate than that. Much more elaborate than this. So this surah will define fitna. We'll also get into the types of fitna that we experience in this life. And will illustrate this concept of fitan, how you and I cannot avoid them no matter what, by 
highlighting stories from the past again to show us the parallels between our lives and the stories of those before us. And it will highlight, namely, the life of one man who has lived for a very long time, 950 years, Nuh alayhi salam, and how his whole life was fitan, fitan. And the life of Ibrahim alayhi salam, and the life of Lut, and the other Shu'ayb and so on and so forth, few others, you know, with some um, marginal reference. And the surah will, again, dig into the, 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 the various colors of, 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 this, of this fitna and ultimately invite us to think about how to get out of these fitna or how to protect. You cannot get out of them, but how to protect yourself from these fitna. Because there is a protection from Allah Azza wa Let me do two more things before we dig into the verses, inshaAllah. The context of the surah. So the context of the surah will illustrate to you what this concept of fitna is all about. And ultimately, um, how Allah Azza wa is addressing this whole challenge of fitna. So this surah would, was revealed at the end of the Meccan, towards the end of the Meccan period, at the height of the struggles of Prophet Muhammad وسلم, at the heart and the, you know, the, the height of the period of persecution from the um, from the from Quraysh and the idolaters of Mecca. That was towards the end because they've escalated their persecution. It wasn't easy. You know, things were again not resolved overnight. It was a very prolonged, extended period of pain and suffering inflicted on the believers in Mecca. And they were specifically instructed to just take it patiently. Take it patiently until a specific thing happened, a specific event in the history. What was it? That really they were waiting for, hoping for, but the permission wasn't given. They kind of understood it. Prophet Muhammad was waiting for it. What were they waiting for? They were looking for an exit. Nobody, we have to understand something. Allah doesn't want us to stay, even though ultimately all fitna, okay, trials, we're not getting to the definition of fitna, but for now, we'll say trials. When the trials of our lives afflict us, it's from Allah. But He doesn't want us to stay in them either. We need to think of ways to get out of these trials, isn't it true? And exit out of them. It's not a prescription, divine prescription for us to say, well, it's the fit, you know, it's my trial, I just have to bear it and take it, and that's it. No, 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 no. There are things that we can do about those trials that, that we're afflicted with and try to figure out and strategize ways to exit out of them. The purpose is not for the human being to suffer, but these are tests from Allah. So the Prophet was waiting for an exit, migration. Right? And he sought the assistance and the help of various tribes and communities in Arabia. But everybody rejected him until the Ansar, the, the, the two tribes of Medina, pledged to him that they will protect him. Because they were themselves divided, which we'll find out to be you know, another form. This actually division was another form of fitna, as we'll describe, inshallah, shortly. So they were eager to find this man, this this leader, this compassionate, exemplary leader who will come with this powerful message and really help these two communities reconcile. Like they were engaged in decades of war and bloodshed. So they pledged to him and finally the exit showed up. The light of Allah showed up. It doesn't just show up overnight. It is that Allah is always there but he suddenly brought that up, brought that out and subhanAllah the announcement came from Allah that the time for migration has come. So this surah came 
towards that towards the you know the end of that period of suffering, and it was kind of a preface, a precursor to the migration, sort of the temporary end of that major fitna trial. It doesn't trials will not end, but at least that stage, that chapter was about to end, and the believers were very happy, extremely happy. So how would Allah set them up to understand that the exit is coming, it's going to open? The migration, the release from that major period of struggle is about to happen. This sort of would be revealed. So what is this fitna? So as a basic fundamental definition, fitna means uh, test. In fact, etymologically, linguistically, in the Arabic language, classically, when somebody says uh, fatana, it means to burn. It's very important to understand the, the basic linguistical definition because it'll shed light on all the various meanings of this word in, 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 our, in our verbiage, in our, in our usage. It means, again, fitna in Arabic language means to burn, to smelt gold and silver with fire. For what purpose? For what purpose? So this is the trial, the fitna applied onto the gold and silver they're being put to that fire on purpose. For what purpose? And what is the purpose? To purify them. That even the gold and silver have to, have to under, undergo this, but precious things are undergoing this fitna. That's the basic fundamental definition. So it's going to be extended now from this basic usage to mean a lot more than this in the Arabic language. And that's how it has been used historically. It's going to mean, because of this, to burn us in life. Metaphorically. Through what? Suffering, persecution, any form of adversity or pain. Any form of adversity or pain. From a basic, simple illness, deprivation, loss of wealth, poverty, being overwhelmed with grief, being overwhelmed with fear, right? A, a problem with a child, one of our children, a spousal issue, whatever the problem that happens in our lives. On a macro level, or on a big community level, any form of trial or adversity is called fitna. It's to put someone through a hardship or an adversity. It also means, that's one, so anything, any affliction that happens to us, it's a fitna. But also it means to put someone to punishment. So when Allah says in Surah Al-Buruj, it's a different usage. Inna those who have done what? Fitna to the believing men and women. Allah says, actually, as a punishment for them, they have the burning fire of hell. So what have they done? Interestingly enough, in that's what it means, they actually burned them physically. So they put them to a punishment, and the punishment was actual physical burning, as if they're, you know, like these metals. SubhanAllah. They dug up a, a trench, and they put them in it, and they burned them. Fueled it up and burned them. Wow, this is the ultimate. To actually kill and burn a human being and torture them. That's called the fitna. But it can also be lesser. Well, not lesser, not as much as burning, but any form of punishment or affliction, oppression, injustice that someone applies onto somebody else or subjects them to is called a fitna. Because what happens when you, you know, it, it, first of all, it's torturous, it's, 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 it causes pain and suffering, but also what does it cause ultimately? What's the greatest danger? Of fitna, when somebody is being subjected to punishments and injustice and oppression, after a period of time, what happens to their hearts? They start to lose what? Hope. Isn't it true? We start to ask, when is relief going to come? Where is the exit? And what can, what, how, can, 
What would that do to faith? It can really jeopardize what? Faith in Allah Azza wa Jal. When we start questioning, because you know the heart, the body is hurt, it gets into the heart, emotions sink, but, but what happens to the thoughts then? That's what all the, Quran, the Quranic message is all about, mm, addressing the heart and the mind. Especially in the midst of trial, because all of our lives are fitna. What is it going to do to our faith? We might start questioning the wisdom of Allah, the mercy of Allah. Here comes the crucial point of our lives. For that faith and that correct thought to show up in the midst of that difficulty. It's not easy. easy easier said than done, right? But there is a regimen that the Quran and this surah describes for how to attain that strength in the greatest or toughest of moments of fitna <coughs> in our life. So Allah, when He says you are subjecting somebody to fitna, you're in deep trouble. Enough that Allah sends us fitnas, right? Because life is a fitna. Now, Allah gave us will, and people will evil. Will evil. Allah didn't tell us to do evil. He gave us choice. Volition. We have agency so that we can be tested. We have agency. We have the ability to make choices. It doesn't mean we go, so Allah presents the options, right? But He tells us, be careful of doing this. And He warned us ultimately of oppression and injustice. There's nothing worse than being a cause of fitna for others. Which can now put them to torture, suffering, pain, and so on and so forth. But the worst of it all is to cause them to lose their faith. The worst of it all is to cause them to lose their faith or cause them their lives. The ultimate fitness. So Allah says in Surah Al-Buruj, those who do this, what is their proper, adequate, fair punishment? Remember, what's the definition of fitna? Burn. You'll burn. Very simple. You burn somebody, you burn. No, no, no way out of it. So Allah is warning us also being a cause. He's, he's setting us up to understand our lives are full of fitness. Right? We're going to be tested. Your faith will be tested. Your body will be tested. Your mind and heart will be tested. Your family will be tested. Your community will be tested. You're going to be put to the test. Why? Because Allah says gold and silver have to be purified. And the only way to purify them is through fire. You too is what to Allah? Gold and silver. Allah has a bigger purpose than this life. Because as He defines it in the surah, this life is not the life. It isn't. Why? Because it's a deficient life. That is described by fitness, how can it be the life? The ultimate life that we should be aspiring to. There's another life that is the real life. And Allah shows us up, shows up, shows us the description of that beautiful life. The next life, the real life, in contrast to this life. But he's telling us up, he's setting us up to say, you know, to understand that there's no avoidance of that fitna in our lives. But be careful that you're not a cause of fitna yourself to others. When we walk, we have to be walking, enduring the fitness, the trials that we that we face in our life, but being careful not to trample on anyone to cause them any fitna. None. That if we do, but there is, you know, there is a way to seek repentance. From Allah and forgiveness, but that's the worst thing that we can leave this life with. The worst thing. So Allah digs into this, illustrates this concept to all kinds of fitness in Allah, and He'll talk about, you know, He begins the description of these fitness by referencing the challenge with parents. Wow. He says, gonna start in your own home with your parents as a child. When when your parents, right, subhanAllah, they raise you up. Allah provided them as the vehicle, the instrument to bring you into this life, but they're parents. They have their way, they have their minds, 
They have their inclination. They're going to pressure you. They're going to try to orient you. But maybe they're struggling in their character. Maybe they're struggling in their faith. Maybe they'll impose on you ways of life that you're not, that you know don't conform to Allah's way. How do you deal with that fitna? Ignorantly, superficially, or intelligently and wisely and mercifully. So Allah is telling us, here it is. It's showing up. It's going to show up and even in your own home right away. And this is your test. You're being purified. You're being elevated. And there's learning potential in that. Learning potential in this. If we reject the fitness, those tests, we're going to get frustrated with ourselves and with Allah. And because of expectation. Ultimately, people don't know how to deal with tests because they're expecting this life to be perfect. So Allah is redefining our thoughts around setting our expectations. He says, okay, if you're expecting this life to be Jannah, you're going to be in deep trouble because it isn't. And there's no avoidance of tests. Here it is. It begins with your home. It goes into your, the rest of your life, into your future marriage, with your children, with your community, with all of life, and you have no idea where they're going to be coming from. Set your expectations that this is the path. It's going to burn, burn, until the last second of our lives. Last second of our lives. SubhanAllah. So Allah Azzawajal again illustrates these, 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 this concept through the stories uh, of the prophets and then beautifully we're going to inshallah start soon uh, with reflections of the actual verses. Set us a parable, give us or provide us a parable, beautiful, elaborate, profound parable that captures this concept of fitna and how it traps us in this life. How we can actually be allured by these fitness. So it turns out from this parable that fitna also has another meaning. So we spoke of trials, adversity, punishment, ultimately burning. Fitna also in Arabic language means, you know, yaftinu also means to allure someone or tempt them. To allure, captivate someone, right? infatuate, make them infatuate over you or over something, right? Seduce, seduct, that's what it means. So something so alluring in its looks, it appears to be beautiful and it's attracting you, it's causing you fitna. So oftentimes they say the opposite genders, they're causing fitna to each other. This is not punishment, not somebody punching somebody or putting them through trials. It's a different form of trial. That when you see the opposite gender, you're attracted to them. And what does that do? Why is that a fitna? It's alluring. It's seductive. It can cause you a certain emotional inclination that gets you in trouble. Isn't it true? It starts with a look. Allah says, you see that basic thing that you get from just the opposite interaction with the opposite gender that is not appropriate? It's seductive. Similarly is what? Money. How alluring is money? What do people do because of money? We see the corruption all around the social because of what? Money. Wealth corrupts human beings if they're not careful. And they end up, you know, using all kinds of cheating tools, evil, possibly killing, launching wars. For what? Oftentimes wealth, money, power. Power is also fitna. It can corrupt. You know, they say actually power corrupts completely. Or absolutely, I think the saying goes. Absolutely, you see it with tyrants. They're so blinded by that power and they want to assume the greatest absolute monopoly over that power. You know, the tendency of power is not to be you know, you know, satisfied with what it has. Do you notice that? 
people of power, they want to always constantly do what? Get more. More until it's absolute ownership of it. Without guards in place, right? Without consciousness of Allah, it corrupts completely, it's alluring. So Allah says in this surah, as, as, as described in the parable, that all of this life is so alluring, be careful, it's trapping you, it's poisonous. Because what's behind these appearances is something that can really, really get you in trouble, hurt you, and destroy you. All this life is a fitna in all these definitions and forms. So let us, inshallah, pick some verses and reflect on them. The surah, uh, again, begins by addressing this concept of fitna and how, you know, all this life is your fitna. So Allah begins it by saying, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, alif lam mim. Ahasiba nasu ayyutraku ayyakulu amanna wahum la yuftanun. Walakad fatanna ladina min qablihim. Falay alamanna allahu ladina sadaqu. Walay alamanna al-kabirin. So Allah begins it right off the bat. By stating in the surah, did people think? Alif lam mim, did people nas? What is nas? Awful. Did he um, specify the category of people, the demographic, the age group? All people. This is really very essential to understand. Nas, everyone. Did he say which faith? All people. What age? All people. Which gender? Everyone. No one is exempt. There is not a soul, a thing that exists in this realm, right? That Allah gave life to accept that it's going to go through this. Did they think, now, specifically now he's going to get into now a category of these people who are professing faith. And all of us ultimately make claims. All of us are going to be making claims. Claim to faith, claim to strength, claim to fairness, claim to justice. So Allah says, are people really thinking that they're going to be claiming to believe without them being put to the test, the trial? Fitna, burning. All kinds of tests that we illustrated before from people, from within yourself, from the alluring nature of life, from your family, from your enemy, from your work, from an army, from a country. It doesn't matter. You're going to be tested. Did they really think they're going to get through this life without being put through the fitna? Then Allah states a rule, reminder. He says, look, look, just take a, take a global look. Get yourself out of there and take a, a bird's eye view on the world. He says in verse 3, وَلَقَدْ فَتَنَّا الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ فَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا وَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ الْكَادِرِينَ He says, have we not tested the people before you? Right? Have we not done fitna? Right? Um, to those who've come before you, all you have to do is look. Every single nation, every single community, every single human being, if you really get into their lives, you're going to see them being tested. Hard. Not easy. Don't be fooled by that. Appearances of people. Remember, I said in the khutbah uh, on Friday something that uh, um, Anu's anchor said that really touched me. He said that you know, again, he has this attractive look to him, right? Very clean cut, right? Very wealthy, very known, celebrity, and he says only if people understand where I've come from, the broken places from which, from where I come, and his struggles just as a human being continue. Nobody can say, oh, I'm now free of struggle. No, no, no. If you're free of physical struggle, material struggle, you might be having mental struggles. You might be having spiritual struggle. You might actually be attracted to this life, which is really the ultimate fitness, and your faith might be compromised. 
So you're not going to be getting out of it until the last second of this life, until the last breath of this life. So he says, I wish, I, I, I wish I had a scar, physical scar in the middle of my face. So that when people look at me, they understand I'm not what I look like. I'm not who I, who I look, look, look to be. I'm not. I come from a place of pain and struggle. And maybe that physical scar smack in the middle of my face will remind them of this. I said, subhanAllah, that's powerful. All of us have these scars, and if only people would know about them. If only, that's why Prophet Muhammad says, you know, tread gently, walk gently. Everybody's being tested hard, including you, and, and we share that pain. And the believers, close to, those closest to Allah, have the merciful, empathetic heart that really feels the pain of others and, and says, you know, no matter what you look like, you have those scars and you need help and healing, right? So Allah is telling us, everybody's been going through it. So what is he saying here? He's saying this, this hard test, like the burning fire applied to the gold and silver is going to purify you and is going to put your claims to the test too. It's going to provide you with an opportunity to grow and know for yourself how well are your claims, easy in the easy times, to say, I believe. I'm good, I'm righteous, I am a just person, I'm fair, right? I'm fair. And then when you're presented with an opportunity where your rights are at stake and there's a disagreement with somebody, you might be what? Transgressive. How often do we give false testimony for our own good, for our own benefit? How often do we claim that we're good people, then we take up friendships for benefit, personal benefit? And as soon as the benefit is, 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 is extracted, we end the relationship, right? How often do we get into a position of power and maybe forget about our responsibilities and duties? Often, happens so often. How often do we take up parenthood and neglect our responsibilities? And so on and so forth. Or as children, or as students, or as employees, it doesn't matter, right? Allah Azza wa is telling us, these tests are putting your claims to the test, right? And it's going to reveal to you, not to Allah, by the way. Because Allah says, and one of the questions that come up in this verse is, well, Allah says, He says, Allah shall know. Does he? Is he waiting to know? No. Allah already knows us inside out. Here is a revelation to us. He's going to allow you to see and understand and others to see and understand what your claims are. And the worst of those claims, when they're false, is the claim of faith. There's sometimes deliberate claims of faith that are not that are false. That's called hypocrisy. Isn't it true? Or I love you. I love you, man. I love you, man. But I don't love you, right? No, I love you, bro. Just to make sure, right? So that's hypocritical if I don't. Faith can also be claimed. We claim we fit, we know we're believers. We're believers. We're believers. But maybe inside we're not believers, right? Somebody is not. That's called hypocrisy. But also sometimes it's not hypocrisy. We might be thinking we're strong believers until we're tested with a fitna. Now, how often do we see people in the midst of our trials right now, in this era, questioning Allah and whether it's, how come, is Islam really right, correct? Are these principles correct? Because of all the difficulties that are happening, we start to question things. Allah saying, you see, your te the tests that are being given to you are making you now doubt. How often does it happen that we're ill, physically ill, and we start protesting because there's no cure. It's not happening. Or we might realize this illness is for the rest of my life. How come? So unfair, so unjust. Allah says, you see, this test is revealing to you the truthfulness of your claims. 
But then it's an opportunity. You know, when we have relationships and I think I'm patient, but I'm losing my patience with, with, my, with my brother Jamal, right? I'm not, I'm not able to put up with something. Or he's not able to put up with something. That actually, that moment tells him and me, we're not patient people. We better learn how to be patient. That's why they say marriage reveals to you it's the ultimate teacher. Because it's going to show you your true self. Because you're living with another human being, you're really going to discover who you are. Your abilities, your positives, and your negatives. Your strengths and your weaknesses. If it wasn't for that test, you will never learn. So there's learning potential being offered in every single encounter, in every single relationship in life. And Allah's inviting us things like, you know, look at me. I'm not as patient and as strong as I thought I was. Oh, my faith is shaky. I need help. So it's an invitation to get what? Better. It's not just to kind of put us through, through suffering. No, 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 no. It's to learn and grow and ultimately get closer to Allah. To seek His help in making us better. Beautiful. <laughs> That's actually incredible. And you can never grow without burning. Just as gold and silver. And Allah says, it was done to those before you. Why would you think you're going to be exempt from all of this? Then Allah Azza wa um, says that Man kana Allah fa inna at. In verse 5, he says, whoever has hope in meeting Allah, then the meaning of Allah is coming. What is he talking about? Hopes. He's asking this question in the surah. First, as I said at the beginning, he's asking us the question, what is the real life? What's the real life that matters? It's going to be the ultimate life of the hereafter. This life is fit fitan. It's an instrument. It's a means to that, to that life. So Allah's asking us, where are you putting your hopes and dreams? If your expectations and hopes are hinged on this life, you're not going to be well. You're not going to do well. You're going to be miserable because it's full of trials. And if you make it the object of your hopes and dreams, it's going to crush you because it's destructive. And because it is alluring, <coughs> and it's because it's poisonous. Another feature of this life is that it's poisonous and it's not permanent. It's going to be taken away. So Allah says, be careful that you don't worship this life, adore this life, and put your hopes in this life. That's what gets people in trouble. They constantly get disappointed with life. How come I didn't get this? How come I've been working hard and I didn't get this and that? How come my retirement sank because of the stock market? How come not feeling any better physically? How come, how come? Because of expectations. Allah says, who then has his hopes on who? The ultimate. Allah said, on Allah. And what? Meaning Allah. That my dream, yeah, I, get, I get that I'll get it. I have to go through this difficult path. Difficult path of opportunity for the ultimate wish, which is <coughs> to be with Allah. <coughs> really, really, Allah is saying wishes, hopes to meet Allah. Be assured it's coming. He says, be assured it's coming. This kind of treacherous path is going to end. It's going to end. And there will be an end to the pain, to the suffering, to the impermanence. To, to, to the grief and to the fear and all the fitna, that's it, it's over. And he's, he's telling us this surah, it's not what you think is evil. It's not evil. Now, Allah Azza wa Jal says um, in verse 10, look at this. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَا يَقُولُ أَمَنَّ بِاللَّهِ فَإِذَا أُوذِيَ فِي اللَّهِ جَعَلَ فِتْنَةَ النَّاسِ 
Here it is. He says in verse 10, And amongst the people are those who say, We believe in Allah. We believe in Allah. Check this out. This is a reaction. Allah is describing a psychological reaction to test in life. He says there's those amongst people who say we believe in Allah. Yeah, we believe Allah is wise, merciful, life is full of tests. Absolutely, we believe in that. But then when they are harmed or hurt in the cause of Allah, let's say somebody, you get picked on because you're Muslim. This is an example. Because of your name. Because of your dress. Because of your mosque. Because of the news. Islamophobia. Whatever the cause is. And people are always tested on account of their faith. Right? Now, people react in different ways. Allah says, there's amongst you who say we believe that, but when they're tested in any way on account of their faith, you start to say that fitnat Allah is adabillah. Ja'ala fitnat nasi He'll start to equate this fitna from people on them, on him or her. He's saying, oh, what they're doing to us, what they're doing to me is the punishment of Allah. Meaning like, oh, I'm being punished. They're protesting against Allah. Like they're telling him, like, Allah, this is really the evil. This is the, the it's like an unfair thing that we don't deserve. This is really the punishment. Allah said, no, 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 it isn't. Why are, you, why are you equating it with the adabillah? It isn't. This is not the punishment of Allah. It's nothing but a test. And now your faith is being shaken. In this surah, he'll tell us, you know what the real evil is? What is really the absolute evil? Hellfire. He says, you want to understand what harm is? What evil is? Hellfire is. It's the abode where there is no comfort whatsoever and it's permanent. He's saying, don't you say that anything we go through here is really the punishment, the evil. No, 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 it isn't. If you really want to test, taste evil, it is in the life of the hereafter. That is the absolute, the realm of absolute evil. In contrast to the, the realm of absolute what? Bliss and happiness. So this is also not the real realm of what? Bliss and happiness. It's not the realm of comfort, nor is it the realm of real evil. The real evil is really when somebody gets into the hellfire. That is the ultimate, absolute. There's no getting out of it. So he says, don't you confuse a picture. It's nothing but a test. Right? So Allah is warning us and, and is also at the same time making us understand that we need to react in a healthy, wise way when we're being tested by Allah. Verse 8 gets into that type of fitna in our lives when he says, وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حُسْنًا وَإِنْ جَاهَدَاكَ لِتُشْرِكَ بِمَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا إِلَيَّ مَرْجِعُكُمْ فَأُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ So he says, as a type of fitna, he's, he's again inviting us to look close within our lives because oftentimes when we think of problems and not problems, when we think of, you know, the the real test that we need to just kind of tackle. We think of outside things and we forget about home. And we bring our worst oftentimes at home. The worst. So he says, we remind the human being about his parents being good to them. Husna, the ultimate good. He says, this is your test. If we fail this one, we failed everything. Because you're going to be tested within your home. Mm. Parents wish you the best. Not all parents are the same. We understand that. And he's telling us this in this surah. He says, amongst the parents who are those who are, have no faith. They don't have faith. And they're going to do fitna to you. <coughs> what is the fitna? They're not going to leave you alone. They're your parents. And they're going to do jihad. They strive to make you take partners with Allah and leave your faith. 
I mean, what's worse than that? So what does Allah say? How do you deal with it? Just don't do that. Don't take partners with Allah. But clearly, it's implied. It's also understood in other verses in the Quran. It's also in this verse when he says, Husna, be good. No matter what, you got to show the best character, best compassion, best mercy to your parents. And in no way hurt or harm them, even if they're telling you kufr. You have to leave Allah, you just don't do that. But you still have to be gentle and compassionate and good. Allah says, here is your test. It's going to reveal to you how real is your faith, how real is your character. Here it is. So we're, because this is the test we have at home, really, really are an opportunity. To really push ourselves, say, okay, okay, I'm going to do my best here to really be the best that I can be. Because here it is, the opportunity from Allah for His mercy. For me to really grow is within my home. Right now, all of us have that opportunity. With our parents, in their life. With our family members, because everybody's living with some kind of a family member. But, but, but the, the most important is the parents. And Allah emphasizes it over and over in this surah about fitan. And Allah Azza wa Jal um, tells us in verse 14, gives the Prophet ﷺ, because remember, this surah came to the Prophet ﷺ, right? At the height of that suffering, and they're waiting for that relief. They're human beings. It's a beautiful thing for us to remember. Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, it's not like he was like just going, you know, walking through the park saying, yeah, fitness are great, fitness are great, right? No. It's like, yeah, Allah, when is really going to come? Allah tells us in the Quran, the best of the believers, they were so like tested hard that they said, when is Nasrullah? When is it going to come? It doesn't mean their faith is bad for you to ask questions and be experiencing pain and grief and fear. No, it's normal. You're a human being. But Allah is just reminding us to strengthen us, to make us get through this safe and not be trapped and not lose our faith and lose ourselves because tests change people. You know, Surah An-Nisa, what is it about? Consciousness of Allah. What is the thing that is highlighted in Surah An-Nisa? The, the, it's Surah, it's called woman. Where do people show their worst in life? In what so, social condition or phenomenon that happens? Marriage. When, with, when what happens? Dramatic, something dramatic. Not when they get married, when they divorce. It's a test, fitna. The, the worst shows up when people divorce. So the surah that advises that conscious of Allah brings the example of divorce the most, surah al-Nisa, and he's going to say, Allah's going to say, be careful when you divorce. Here it is. Your real you is going to show up in your divorce when you have disagreements with people. We bring the worst. It just reveals to us who we are. Here it is. Allah's saying, here's your, it's an opportunity. So to exercise God, God consciousness and be gentle and merciful and just during disagreements, conflicts, and the worst of it, or the most difficult, like a divorce, oh, those are the people of Allah. People of Allah. And those who inflict injustice and do fitna to the other spouse, right? The worst to Allah. Very simple. Those who are rebellious with parents, the worst to Allah. Here it is. That's within our lives. So Allah now tells us, to tell the Prophet Muhammad he's a human being, he needs to be strengthened, in, so in verse 14 about Nuh he says, okay, struggles are very long. You might be in the midst of a very hard, tough struggle. It doesn't mean it's going to end overnight. And it might not end for all of life. How many people have died in prison who were imprisoned unjustly? Right? How many people like 
They never really got the relief, so-called relief in this life. It was not, it's not necessarily meant to be happening here. But it can happen here too. You might witness things. Allah says, hang in there. Nuh lived for how long? 950 years. The whole life of Nuh was a test, a trial. He was mocked, harmed verbally, harassed him. His community was nasty. Nuh's community was really nasty. If you really look into what they've done to him, not for a day or two or a month or a year or 10 years, hundreds of years, generation after generation. Because he, you know, he got to deal with the difficult parents, the bad uncles in the community. They're like, oh, you're awful. You're a liar. You're crazy. Can you imagine walking through this magic? People are just looking at you, calling you crazy. He's the crazy one. Here he comes. And they start running away from you. And then they start attacking you. Right? And they're looking at you with these stares of hate. And they verbalize it. I hate you, man. Right? Get out of here. You're horrible. You're nasty. You're this. You're stupid. Can you imagine people calling you names day and night? And then, physically, they start attacking you. And when they see you, they run away from you. They, they put their fingers in their ears. Blah, 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 blah. They don't want to hear you. And they put their garments over their heads. How, how much can you take these insults? How much? Nobody can take it for that long. This man was taking it for hundreds of years. And their children grow up. They looked at their daddies and mommies. And they were doing that to Prophet Noah. And they're like, oh, this man is nasty. We're going to do the same thing. And they ended up doing the same exact thing. Grew up to be nasty with them. Generation after generation. Not Until Allah Azza wa provided them the exit. The migration, so to speak. Right? And the punishment of Allah. And this sort of says, just assure. The unjust, those who inflict, inflict, cause fitna to others, will receive their day. Will get their day with Allah. No doubt. No escape. It can take very long. Allah is aware. Wallahu min wara'ihim muhayt. Allah is completely surrounding them. Any act of injustice that you witness, oppression, deliberate especially, those that are, subhanAllah, like so manifest, so, so, so evident. Allah says, I'm completely surrounding them. It is just a test. And they're going to get their day. And they're blinded. And those who have been enduring the test will also get their day. And they get the ultimate with Allah. Hang in there. 950 years. So Allah is reminding Prophet Muhammad of what Nuh had to go through. But ultimately, Allah gave him the way out because Allah does not leave the believers. And then in verse 16, which other, literally, which other Prophet of Allah got the, the fulfillment of the word fitna, the burning? Ibrahim himself. Like, not just the fitna, they were like, of course, attacking you verbally calling him names, his, his own father was pressuring him to leave Allah Azza wa It is said in other narrations, it's really uncle, right? It doesn't matter, right? Same position almost. Uncle is like a father, right? And what a test. And then the community targeting him, and then they warned him, if you don't change your ways, we're going to burn you, physically burn you. Talk about a real fitna. And they've done that to him. Allah is telling Prophet Muhammad look at what Prophet Ibrahim has, has, has experienced. Look at Prophet Lut. And Allah tells us in verse 20, الْأَرْضِ فَانْظُرُوا Say, walk, in the, walk on this earth and look, open your eyes and you'll see the evident signs of Allah. The evident signs of Allah. We just need time to look and pause, reflect. If we're so wrapped up in our struggles, <coughs> Would it take time out to think and reflect and connect? We'll never learn. Allah says, walk, open your eyes. 
the lessons are not just going to come to you. Study, reflect, understand. This is a journey of learning. It's a schooling. Seeru fil ardi, Look at how Allah started creation. Look from the very beginning. Allah wants us to be historical. You gotta study. He says, look at how we created this creation. We don't even understand how we created creation. But dig deep into it, study it, investigate it. And if you see a repetition of a pattern of Allah, He keeps repeating the process of creating over and over and over. Why is that important? To tell us that the laws of Allah are fixed. Allah's powers are amazing. Within your eyes, you see your own self coming from a seed, growing into this, the body, experiencing your life. Every single person before you has experienced this, and then you come to your demise. The trees grow up from the seed, comes to its demise after it blooms. Why are we not understanding this lesson? And why can't he not recreate you again? Those questioning the next life. The evident signs are here, and Allah says in this surah, it's for those who have insight and vision. We're not corrupted by the allure of this life, and not corrupted by their evil. Allah says in Surah, evil corrupts. The dangers of evil, by the way, sins in general, is that they start to change your nature. And they start to blind the heart that a heart can't see. You know when you would ask the question, like, why can't people see this oppression? Like, some people really see all the oppression that happens, like, yeah, it's perfectly okay. They actually hurt others, and they're like, no, it's good. It's the right thing. It's the moral thing. Like, sometimes we describe certain... Uh, Issues that are so clear, who's right and who's wrong. And you say, well, everybody is claiming the moral, higher moral ground. And it's just, it depends on how you look at it. Like, what do you mean you look at it? Somebody's being beaten and killed unjustly. And there's a killer. Where is the, it depends on your perspective, type of thing. What perspective? Don't we see that we ourselves sometimes do this in certain conflicts? But it can get worse. The people can justify total massacres of people. No problem. Lock somebody up in prison. I don't care. And they see it as morally corrupt. Allah says in this, so be careful. You might lose your compass because of the evil you do. So the more evil we do in life, the more sin, and the more we lower our guard and not spiritually strengthen ourselves, what happens is that the heart starts to become blind. So when people are not seeing the signs of Allah, they well, like, look at the spread of atheism and all this stuff and oppression. Like, what's up with this? You say, well, how can people not see that? You never know the reasons fully for that individual, but as a pattern, Allah says, be careful. Arrogance corrupts. Evil corrupts you that you cannot even see the evidence signs anymore, but they're clear to those who have what? Connected to Allah. They will not be confused about what oppression is. They will not be confused about the fact that there's another life. They're not confused. They see it so clearly, no matter what. The worst thing that can happen to those brothers is to lose that faculty. Allah says in this surah, be careful of losing your internal vision. And you can lose it. You can be blinded in this life. Now we, inshallah, wrap up with a couple of verses. Amongst them is this most important. Um, 41. So Allah says, now here's the parable that summarizes, captures the whole thing of the surah. Allah says, He says, here it is. Now this is a profound parable with deep lessons for those who want to learn. Remember, I preface this by talking about who can learn. 
There's some people who will see it. There's some people who will not see it. Those with spiritual faculty in their hearts can see it. There are some who are so blinded by their oppression and injustice and evil and sin, they'll never see this as what Allah describes. So he says, the example of those who take besides Allah, they don't believe in Allah, but they take as their helpers others, meaning they look for this life as the life. They're taking other, a ruler, a boss, a friend, a spouse, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, doesn't matter, right? They're taking someone else as the source of their fulfillment and hope because they, they adore these people, they worship them. Or they turn to them for all the help. Like, I believe that this, my boss, holds my provisions. Like, without them, I cannot make it. Right? Here it is. Like, my God, right? Prostrate to him. Because if I please this person, I'm set free. There's those who, and, and without believing in Allah. That's what Allah is telling, telling us, right? Those who really take others, believing in them, adoring them, worshiping them, besides Allah, they are like the ones taken up, um, they are like the spider taken up its home, its, its spider web as a home. And indeed, the flimsiest of homes, the frailest of homes, is the home of the spider, if they knew. If they knew. What is Allah inviting us here in this surah? Remember, he said what? Go look. Go investigate. Alhamdulillah, we have scientists who investigate this inside out. He's saying, here it is. He says, all this life is like the, the house of the spider. Be careful of worshipping it, adoring it, and be, be careful of being captured in it. It's going to trap you. So let's then look at the spider's web, right? What does it do? What are the features of the spider's web? How does it work? The, the spider sets up this web. You can see it easily, just as light. You can easily see that it is attracting you, seducing you, trapping you. You can't. It takes vision inside. Similarly, in the web, you're walking, the prey is walking, the insect, it doesn't see the web. Right? Or it sees that uh, uh, the little, whatever, uh, what do you call it, the bait that is in it, whatever it is. But it doesn't see it, or it sees something in it that it's attracted to. And then once it touches it, what happens? It's stuck in it. It's stuck in it. So the web is set up in such a way that when the prey falls into it, 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 you know, touches the string, and there's this amazing, it's an amazing wonderful sign of wonder, Allah Azza wa you know, the, the, the strings are spun out of the, the glands of the spider. It's so intricate. It's beautiful. It's actually a son of Allah, wonder. And he says, subhanAllah, for this amazing ability. And then the, the spider connects itself to a string to the web. It's outside of the web, by the way. And it's connected to a string. And, you know, might be sleeping, busy doing other things. How does it know that the prey got captured? When the prey touches the web, and it gets stuck, it sets up a vibration in the string that is connected to the spider. And the vibration travels to the spider and it wakes him up, or her. And it just travels to the prey. What does it do? Intelligence. It sees that the prey is small, eats it. What if, this, what if the prey is big? You say, oh, salam alaikum, I didn't sign up for this. What does it do? Poison. Destroy, you know, kills the prey with poison because the prey can't do anything. Poison him and then kill him. But what do we know? So Allah says, first of all, life is like that. It's full of hidden what? Poison. And it's a trap. Be careful, don't be seduced by it. You're going to get seduced because it's fitna. 
but understands this tough struggle throughout, and you always have to like, on God's like, mm, you're not gonna get me, right? But you need to strengthen yourself against that. And, and Allah gives us at the end how to strengthen ourselves. You cannot make it on your own. You cannot fight the spider's web and it's poison on your own. You're gonna be destroyed, I'll be destroyed, for sure. And we see it every single day. People losing their faith, people losing their moral character, their compass, within their homes. SubhanAllah, the worst of us comes out in the midst of the test of life and the allure of it. How many people have given up on their even marriages for simple, simple seduction outside? Isn't it true? How often does that happen? Because of something simple outside of marriage, he got in love with somebody, they give up on their whole family. That happens all the time. Here it is, spider's web. Allah says, be careful of the poison that you don't destroy yourself. You're going to get poisoned and you're going to get trapped. What else is true about the spider's web? So it's treacherous. And it's there and you can't see it. And it's poison in every single thing, even in your intelligence. Our intelligence can destroy us and can be a poison when we become arrogant with it. It's like a spider's web. Wealth can become like a spider's web. Everything, health, strength. So when we're tested and strength is taken away, say Alhamdulillah. Allah is protecting us from the poison. Maybe if we had the health and the wealth, we'll kill ourselves. How many people say, Ya Allah, only if you give me this much, I'll become good. I always take the joke of the million dollars and 25 family, right? Million and 25 because that guy is asked, like, why are you asking for the $25,000 extra on the top of the million? He said, because I want to pay Zakat, not out of the million, right? Very simple. He forgot that the 25, he owes a Zakat on them as well. So it's $250, right? <laughs> Got the formula wrong. But the point is, like, blind by wealth, poison. What else is true about the home? It's very frail. Even though the actually, you know, the strands are the strands are strong for the prey, but you know, you can swipe at it and it's done. Allah says it's so flimsy, it doesn't last. Mere hit destroys it. Very socially weak. And so it's like it can disappear, perish in what? No time. In no time, collapses. And ultimately, even if it's not taken away, right? People are freaked out now. Every time the stock market goes down. Here we go again, right? Everybody's like freaked out, right? All that gets more, we understand things can be taken away any minute, but death takes it all away. Enough said. He says, it's so frail, it's so weak, anything besides Allah. The only permanent thing is Allah. The only permanent one is, there's none like Allah. The only source of strength, the absolute source of life, the life, it's all with Allah, nothing else. Everything else is a spider's one. Another interesting thing, by the way, this is just kind of a side note, is that they found in many species of, of spiders to also exhibit another nasty behavior. Evolutionary, maybe, but it's really nasty. Talk about treacherous. They found that, who knows about this interesting fact? Be careful, husbands. You've heard me. You've heard me talk about this in Ramadan. Like in many species of spiders, females are bigger than male, so they mate, right? And after they mate, if the female sees that the male is smaller than her, what does she do? Yeah. After mating them, eats them. Like, time for you now to be gone, right? I'm done with you, finish you off. Kill them right away, eat them. Actually, not just kill them, eat them. I'm not gonna just kill you, I'm gonna eat you. And they found this not in one species, like there's called, I think the wolf spider does it, but other species as well. It's not just like, they ask, like, what's wrong with these? Like, why are these spiders doing this? 
is from selection? Is it? They're questioning, and they actually said one of the things they're concluding. It's not absolute. Is that it's really pretty much on sides. It's like mm, opportunity to eat someone. I'm gonna eat you, even though you're like I'm mating with you, just because I'm bigger and I can do it, and I'm hungry. Subhanallah. It's, it's, it's nasty. What is Allah saying? It's socially weak structure. So is life. Be careful of hinging, putting your hopes or dreams or worship onto anything in this life. It's going to do that to you. It doesn't mean we leave it. We don't leave it. You work with it. You become your best at it. But the dependence is on who? Only Allah. Faith is only in meeting Allah. If we lose sight of that hereafter, we're done. We're finished. Like that male spider, right? So just no threat to this here, okay? Walk, look around. You never know. <laughs> so, okay, we'll, we'll leave that for the comment section, inshallah. I hope I hear questions on that. Um, so Allah Azza wa says, we, we leave with inshallah two things. Um, there's one, uh, I'm trying to find the verse number on this. Give me one second. Okay, verse 64. So Allah says, here it is, it's wrapping up, inshallah, we'll, we'll take a minute on this. Here he is summarizing it in verse 64. He says, here it is, summarizing it, for those who can learn. He says, this lower life, haya is what? Life. Then he characterizes it by dunya. What's dunya? Lowest. The dunya is the lowest life. Lowest form of life, enough for us to understand it's called Al-Hayatu Al-Dunya. Ulya means the highest. Ali, law is Dani, Dunya is the lowest. He says, What this life is nothing but play and vain pleasures. Vain, it's temporary. It fools you. Vain, it's gonna go away. Don't you worship it? It's nothing but that for sure because Allah made it as such. And if it wasn't, if it was perfect. Oh my goodness, we'll never want to leave. But Allah wants us to leave this. Do our part, finish off, and go on to your home. And then he says, And he says, the home, dar, the, ha, the home of the next world, the, the next one, al-akhirah, the later one, the next world, is al-hayawan. Now, translation, translation the word hayawan means animal, but hayawan here doesn't mean that. Hayawan originates from the word haya. Yeah. Right. Hayawan is the exaggerated, intensified form of life. Yeah. He says it is the life. Not just life. The hayawan, it's the constant abiding, vitality, vigor, fulfillment of your hopes, nonstop. Nonstop. You cannot avoid pleasure in the, in, in the next one. You cannot. You cannot say, I'm not sure what to do next. Should I go here? No, 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 no. Every second and moment is absolute delight and fulfillment of hopes. No pain, no grief. All this pain, all these trials, all this grief, all of this confusion, all of it. One moment, brothers and sisters, and that last breath, when the angels come to take the soul, is over. I'm like picturing it, like, I was reflecting with somebody on this a while back, and they, like, they hit me hard, they're like, one moment. Like, I don't know why it hit me so hard. I, I always read this, but it never hits me. Sometimes it hits you. It's like, right now I'm in pain. I'm in grief. I can't sleep at night. I'm stressed out. 
one moment. It's like you take that pill, Enough. Isn't that enough for you? For sure it's coming. For sure. Over. So endure this patiently. It's going to come. But don't you fail that moment. Because what next is real. That's it. It doesn't go away. Good or bad. It does not go away. It is real hayawan. And I want to tell you something about al-hayawan. The, the next world. You know, we say in this world, where is the real pleasure for the believer? It's in the moments when they're aware of who. Allah. Isn't it true? You notice when we're aware of Allah really, not just superficially. Even when we're going through trouble, when we remember Allah, we do dhikr or Quran, we're here, we feel good, don't we? Aren't we happy here now? We feel good. I, I feel good. I hope you feel good. Right? We're feeling good. We're with Allah. Studying His Word. Because of the awareness of Allah. When we get out of the awareness of Allah, mm, it's you and yourself. It's the thoughts, it's the feelings, human beings. Ah, it's painful. It's miserable, isn't it true? So Allah says, with the remembrance of Allah, hearts come to peace. It's it, test it, he says. The next world, what happens? Do you notice that human beings, people of Jannah, never lose sight of Allah? They're constantly in his company. Constantly aware of him, constantly cautious of him, they see him fully. So the truth is very evident, Allah is very evident, and not for a split second do they lose awareness of Allah. So what do you think that means for their happiness? Absolute happiness. Enough said. Meaning, without even talking about the pleasures of Jannah, the home, the spouse, the children, the delights of food and drink, put out all that stuff. That's enough. Compared to what? Just being in the awareness and company of Allah. Enough. Because here we've experienced it for a split moment and we felt good. What if you're constantly in the presence of the one who made you? Who created your heart and soul? Who can make you happy? You know when somebody, like you're afraid in life and you realize somebody strong is with you. And you see them all the time there. And they're like, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. You feel good. You're strengthened. You're assured. You start to smile. What if you have Allah? And all of his love and affection, all his strength and all his support, and he's there and you see him all the time. It's just snippets. Enough said about the life of the next world to know that. And Allah wraps up the surah um, in verse 69 by saying, here it is. He says, this is the way out. So how do you protect yourself against this poison, this trap? Because it's like on your own, you're done. You can't resist this. How do you survive it? He says, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا he says, those who do this will never leave them. Those who strive, strive, work hard in the cause of Allah. It's not easy, he says. You've got to work hard. It's not enough to say, I have faith. You've got to work hard. Get up. And he says in this surah, read this, he says. Make an effort with this Quran. Make an effort with the worship of Allah. Make an effort improving your character. Make an effort in excelling and learning and being patient when the tests come to you. Be patient and depend on Allah and turn to Him, but you gotta work. Spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically work in this life and work hard. And understand it's meant to be labor. Depending on Allah and asking for His help, what does He give you in return? We're gonna open up paths for them. We're gonna show you a way out of that web. Not one, all kinds of ways, all kinds of exits will show up in life, all kinds of relief. 
all kinds of upliftment, all kinds of assistance from places you least expect, even from people. You know when people show up in our lives, we say, we don't know where that problem came from. Well, I, I know somebody who keeps saying, like, subhanAllah, like, just, just do well and be sincere. Like, you know, Allah will send help to your children. SubhanAllah, what a beautiful advice. You never, the ways will come when you're striving good. Allah says, just striving good, be muhsin. Muhsin is like excellent, who's conscious of Allah. Excellence, not just excellence, but with consciousness of Allah. As if you see him, try that and see what Allah will do with you. The ways will open up to get out of the spider's web and not be snatched by it or poisoned by it. We ask Allah to protect us from the fitan and to make us among those who understand the powerful lessons of the surah and to make us among the muhsineen who are conscious of Allah. InshaAllah, open up the... Oh yes, announcement quickly. Food, it's on food. Ooh. But not eating food. And today is the picnic. Eat picnic first. It's patlap. Patlap, inshallah. Eat, bring your dish. Uh, 12 o'clock, inshallah. Don't forget, please join us for the eat picnic. But also, we need food prepares for breakfast. Sign up, inshallah. Talk to sisters and brothers. Brothers, you're not exempted. Right? Right? Not just go look at the sisters. We need people to sign up for breakfast. Preparing breakfast on Sundays, inshallah. Please, please do that, inshallah. If you're able to, uh, barakallahu feekum, inshallah, now we open the floor for comments. Thank you very much for this beautiful explanation and the commentary there. Oh, no, thank you. So, thank you. You're so kind. In this all is Hijrah, what does Allah say? In kull nafsin lama alaya hafid. What does He say about it? So, that's another verse. Um, yeah. uh, so, in kull nafsin lama alaya hafid. There is not a soul, but it has a hafid, a guard on top of it. In the context of this fitna, what does it mean? In terms in the of, of well, fitna. In terms of fitna, well, first of all, Allah is the ultimate hafid, right? So there are angels that are guardians, and there's Allah who is the hafid. So Allah, is a, first of all, reminds us there is Him, His protection. But it has to be sought. Allah provides already protection and protects us even when we don't ask. But imagine if you ask, as Hafiz, it's one of the names of Allah. But also Hafiz is also like the guardian that Allah has assigned to us. They are what's called the guardian angels. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Allah says in the Quran, every single one of us has protecting angels in front of us and behind us protecting us from certain decrees, certain tests, or certain harms. You will be amazed. We just don't see it. How many things that harm us were protected from? And we were averted from them. Like, we just don't know. Like, after that, when something hits us, we say, oh, unlucky I am. Okay, that was meant to hit you. Musiba means it hit you. It meant meant. So Allah now chose for the angels not to be able to protect you from that. He wants it. But also, why, why would he choose them to protect you from some others? It's the wisdom of Allah. We don't know. Right? But rest assured, every single one of us, on a daily basis, we're being protected from so many evil and harmful things without us knowing. And it's direct intervention of Allah, or He makes His angels protect us from it. But I'm just, so it's, it's an instrument, it's, it's, it's a protection from Allah Azza wa And that's why it's also important, <coughs> brothers and sisters, remember this dua. Uh, Allah Azza reminded the Prophet to say, وَجَعَلِّي uh, لَدُنْكَ Sultan grant me from you a powerful aid to help me in life. That also means angels. Like, it, you know, you ask for Allah's protection, but also ask Allah, Ya Allah, give me angels to protect. This is really a very significant aspect of our faith. 
So understand Allah can send angels to protect you. Jibreel was a protector of the Prophet too. In his, Allah gave him the power to uh, shield him from, from evil. right? And Allah wants us to develop an intimate relationship with the angels as well. So we ask also for the aid of Allah through his angels. It's a beautiful dua. Oh Allah, grant me powerful aid through your angels. Zakallah khair. No, Sultan, I saw your hand. Yeah, I just wanted to maybe you could re-emphasize the focus on fitna because many times we as a community or personal tendency is to see somebody who's going through trouble and say, well, punishment from Allah. Oh, yeah. We don't have that judgment. Whether it be mental illness and say, oh, well, he or she should have read the Quran more. Ooh. Or some other, even, I don't know, any addiction. And unfortunately, that's equating the right solution and steps as actually the cause of the punishment, right? Well, in the Quran, would have prevented you from depression. So a lot of times we may forget that, for example, Prophet Muhammad, he was sad when he lost his family members. It's not that he didn't pray enough at night. It's not that he didn't read enough the Quran. So maybe you could provide that kind of relief in the community or individually. Sometimes we may think, oh, well, Allah's punishment in my life because I did X, Y, and Z. So that relief and the tendency for us to unfortunately judge others, especially, well, this person is having marriage problems because he was doing X, Y, and Z. So could you reemphasize that? the importance of not seeing some bad, something bad as direct punishment. We don't have that evaluation or the judgment or the ability to judge. No, thank you so much, Mr. Uh, I love this for that insight. It's, it's absolutely spot on. Again, Allah says, don't be the judges. You're not the judges. Allah is the one who holds his, the judgment over things, and he's the wise one who sent the test. And this, again, talk about, you know what you're hitting on? It's not just something theoretical. Let's... If we can improve this as a community, this behavior, <coughs> you know when we speak of even RIC, all I have like, uh, challenges for us as a community, ICCP community. Because if we're talking about the beauty of this mosque, what, it has, what Allah has, the mercies has provided us for this mosque, it also has to be through our behavior and conduct within this community. You know we have opportunities to really shine. Like how do we shine? We always say this inclusive space that is open, that is a home. Like I had a pastor from this church across the street. Um, he visited here about a week ago. We had a meeting, and I went to saw his church, and then he came and saw this place, right? As soon as he walked in, and it's not nowhere near as elaborate as their as the church. Their church is Allah knows how much it costs, maybe 30, 40 million dollars. Beautiful inside. I thought he'll he's gonna walk in and say, Oh, kind of a that's right. So I warned him, I said, by the way, it's not lavish. He's not always. He walks in, he's like, oh my God, it's so, it's so heartwarming. It's like a home. And, and I didn't say a word. He says, it's so heartwarming. I swear I could have seen a tear coming out of his eye, out of like yearning to be in a place like this. And I'm not kidding. This has been a blessing. I'm reminding us of this to remember the blessing of Allah. How is that related to the No Sultan's insight? It's also the opportunity within. If we're going to shine, this is a blessing of Allah. That somebody is touched like that is a sign of Allah and His glad tidings for us. But also as a community to improve in our conduct and behavior. We're going to shine. Competitive. And this is one of the behaviors that is so pervasive, disease of our communities. Look at others' problems. And the worst of it is really that mental issue, mental challenges or, or family problems. And we accuse them right away of being far from Allah. And you know this is fitna. We're causing people fitna to say, pray your way out of this problem. It's, we're actually causing them the fitna that can cost them their faith. 
I bleed when I say this, because I've seen so many leave the faith because of it. This is fitna of the so-called righteous, who self-righteous, who declare themselves not only to be righteous, but to know better and to be the judges on behalf of Allah, to tell who's in, who's out, who's far, who's close to Allah, right? And as soon as we see a problem with it, we equate it to punishment. And Allah said it here. Don't do that. Don't equate the trials with punishment. It couldn't be clear. It could not be clear. And yet we do it all the time in the name of Allah. In the name of Allah. That's the worst. It comes sometimes from those supposedly the closest, not the closest, supposedly who perceive themselves as the closest to Allah. And they're inflicting the worst damage on the hearts and souls of people, causing them fitna and pushing them away from Allah Azza wa Mental illness, I mean, this is one of the, the, the clearest of things. Is that talk about a fitna of Allah and test from Allah. That's their struggle, right? But it could be lesser than that. It could be any form of grief, fear. It doesn't mean they are bad or far from Allah. It could be, it could be closer than all of us. And Allah says, isn't it enough for you to understand the prophets went through it? The prophets cried. The prophets asked, when is the belief going to come? So if we're saying that to be going through any form of uh, difficulty or struggle or suffering means you're bad, then the, the worst of people are the prophets. Right? Or because they cried, then the worst of, That's what we're saying. And Allah says, how can we say this? Here's the example over and over and over what they've been through, including physical illness, Ayub. Severe physical illness. Severe separation from power. Lut's wife. When we start saying, somebody, oh, look at their spouse. Look at their child. Unless his Lut's wife was deviant, kafir, right? Ibrahim's dad. Who else? What other examples do we have? Nuh's son, right? Jesus' brother. Jesus, exactly, brothers. All, all these examples of people within their family, they have the... So how can we claim that somebody here don't know their struggles or what they're going through? So I'm just <laughs> a reminder to all of us, not just to believe in this as a concept, to really try to try our best because our pe people around us in our community are struggling and they need a merciful heart that sees them in their humanity and not see what they're going through as a punishment of Allah. And just, because as soon as they perceive that we're saying this about them, we devastate them. There's nothing worse than that. Barakallah feekum. Jazakallah khair for the insight on that. Uh, Lala? Yeah, um, yeah I, I get a little bit confused. Fitna? Confusion and fitna? Right. Because the hope is the one who makes you go through it. Without a doubt. Jazakallah khair, Sister I thought you were going to ask about the spider and the husband no, no, and all no, no. that. So, no, 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 no. Uh, said confused. Maybe she was confused over no, no, no. the fact that, well, how come? No, alhamdulillah. So, it's a good question. Right? Absolutely. Faith is an extraordinary thing. Like, imagine, again, I always say, like, imagine life without faith. I don't know how people interpret any of this. 
how would not one lose their minds, right? Without faith. And faith means something you don't you don't see with physical eyes. That's what Allah says in the surah. You gotta see it with your heart. The question though is, what if I don't see it Allah? I can't see it. Sometimes they say, I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it. Allah tells us how to feel it. It's a process of jihad, striving. Verse 45 tells us, do you want to strengthen that spiritual visioning and belief? Recite the word of Allah and pray. Means make an effort, not just superficial, when I feel like it, quickly. Make an effort with Allah and strive with it. Allah will start to fortify your heart with faith. Faith is from Allah. It's not from us. But my point is that faith and hope is a gift of Allah when we strive with Him. Sometimes it happens to some people faster than others. But that's, again, from Allah. We don't know. So Allah says, don't worry. Like, if you're not feeling that hope and faith, because that's your way, as you said, out of the web, there is a way to attain it. It's not just, no, but Allah, He wants us to strive. Nothing is easy. Nothing is like, there's no free lunch. Right? And faith is precious, and it's not free lunch. That's, Barakallah figure for that and question. Look Except for example, I love this Quran, because if you look at the example of Sulaiman Ali Salam, he asked for this dunya and Akhirah. Oh, no, no. Okay, beautiful question again. All this, the surah's theme about fitnas and yeah. tests and trials doesn't mean we don't seek it, yeah. but we don't worship it. True. What Allah is saying is that you don't hang your hopes on it. But this is your realm. It's the gifts of Allah. Use them. Enjoy them, in fact, he says. Enjoy them, but don't worship them because they're going to trap you and poison you if you do. That's it. It's very simple. We don't abandon our families, our wealth, our, we excel, we try our best. We always emphasize this keynote. We, we're aware of this. Alhamdulillah. We're not like those who, Alhamdulillah, our message in this community has never been divorce this world and leave it. Horrible. No, we never say this. Because Prophet Muhammad lived in it and wore garments and you know, rode on camels and enjoyed foods and so on and so forth, but he understood it's not the life, it's not Jannah. But that's it. And Sulaiman, did you know when Sulaiman asked, Is the Allah grant me a kingdom nobody has, will ever have? But what purpose? You know when he asked it, he wasn't asking for the million twenty-five thousand for himself, right? And, and that's why Allah says, I'm going to put your claims to the test. He was really asking, and Allah knew his heart, he's a prophet, to, 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 to create a kingdom for Allah. He really wanted to do this. And he did it. He really did. He was truthful in his claims. That's the point. Like, Allah knows our hearts. And it doesn't mean we don't seek it. We seek the highest of the high, inshallah, on this earth. Ali, um, you want to say something? No, I wasn't thinking. I'm just simply reflecting on um, that there is trouble all the time. Um, so it's fitna, basically. And you're, you're, uh, unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you that illumination and surrender of your heart, you you are going to be distracted, or mm -hmm. you said very rightly, seduced uh, for many things. Um, so it really is requires a, a jihad or, or effort on your part, on our part, yeah. to keep working on us until we are able right. to fight with all these problems that we have, um, and then you still are not certain yes. that, that so in, other, in other life so um, so that you will not face the same fire that you're exactly. worried about it. Yet. You're right. That's a beautiful point. But first of all, like, you hit on a couple of points that I think are essential. First of all, we're going to all be stung. 
Don't fail. Like, oh, if I do these things, I'm not going to be stung. No, 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 no. We're going to be stung over and over, and it's okay. Nobody can avoid it, right? We're going to make mistakes. We're going to get trapped. We're going to get poisoned. We're going to suffer. We're going to... And, and even like from both sides, like the hardships, but also like the allures of life. Nobody can get out of this. But unless it's even when you take, you know, have these steps, get back. Have hope all the time. Just ask Allah for help. Wallah well, heals and restores and corrects us as soon as we ask for help. That's the beauty of Allah. He never gives up on ourselves on us until we give up on ourselves. Allah says, never give up on Allah. No matter how far you are. That's a beautiful thing. But also not feeling like well, the, the fire, this trial is over, I'm safe, I'm good. No, don't be certain. Until the last breath. And this is emphasizing our message, Quranic message, that Allah says, don't be feeling safe until the last second. And even the last second, till the last breath. And you're out, then you're safe. Otherwise, you can lose it all. In, one, in a blink of an eye. But Allah is the protector. Not to fear also. Not to walk with constant like, I'm freaked out. What's going to happen? <clears throat> Am I going to lose my faith? No, Allah's there. Alhamdulillah. But wallahi, one of the things I want to ask us as a community also to be keen on is that Allah protects us from blindness of the heart that we see injustice is justice. Falsehood is truth. And truth is falsehood because this is the affliction of the world. There you see it. Like honestly, this is one of the things that bleeds my heart. Not just when I see suffering and you know the wars that you see and imprisonments, injustices. Okay, this is real. Shaitan is there. And there are shaitans of human beings. But what kills me, bleeds me, scares me, when I see people, normal people, seeing that as okay. That's trouble, right? That's blindness. And we can all be implicated in that. So just to ask Allah for protection from losing our hearts. Yeah, I will, uh, it's the same point that I was going to say, that... Uh, the form of fitna, which was illustrated in Surah Noor, mm -hmm. it had it pointed out that uh, we as citizens or uh, right. a part of the society, <coughs> we have certain obligations too. That if you see something, you know, you should try to. Absolutely. Uh, they say live the evil in the yes, garden, you know. So like try to drop down and don't mm. let it. Spread out, you know. May Allah bless you for this beautiful example <coughs> that you guys like. Surah Nur is all about that fitna. Allah doesn't just talk theoretical. He says, look at me, Jake. The thing that happened in the community of the Prophet, the closest of people to him accused him and his, his, his own wife of, of inappropriate conduct. Can you imagine? His own wife. And you have Sahaba, companions, <coughs> being dragged by this fitna. And being trapped by the poison of the web. And dragging themselves and letting loose their tongues. And you know the end. Allah says, it's, it's, it's troublemakers amongst you that caused it. They're trouble. But those who allowed themselves, they failed the test at the time. They, were Allah, they repented to Allah. But I'm just saying that, oh, he says, be careful. You have an opportunity and an obligation in your community. Because community is really, Allah, that's a source of, it could be Jannah, our Jannah. could be our hellfire. Family could be our gender or help. Isn't it true? And Allah says, don't be the cause of fitna. That's number one for others. Be gentle and merciful. But also help them. When you see something, a rumor spreading. Jump out of your way to contain the fire, the fitna. Right? Because by the way, one of the definitions of fitna, I forgot to say, is even division. It's actually called fitna. 
So they say there is a fitna amongst the people means separation and disagreement and division. It's called fitna. So contain the fire of that. Contain the fire of attacks on someone. It's an injustice. Stand to be the one, the champion, the defender, the advocate. Ooh, those are the people of Allah, right? Not just saying, it's, I'm just protected from my fitna, right? <laughs> Where is our effort to help further the, subhanAllah, the healing of a community, the unity of a community, family, and so on and so forth. That's why relationships are sacred. Relationships is where the test is in life. Is where the test is in life. Even Salatul Rahim, connection with kin. Because it's not easy. That's why those who do it, they attain the highest reward. Allah says, even when your relative is troublemaker, just try your best. Protect yourself from their harm, but try your best. Doesn't mean I put myself in harm's way. No. But try your best to be better. SubhanAllah. And your reward is from Allah. Anyway, last comment, inshallah. You know, JazakAllah khair. Inshallah, it's a good note to wrap up on. And ultimately, subhanAllah, all this is a beautiful reminder about our individual lives, but not losing sight of the greater struggles and that we don't get wrapped up in our own struggle. It doesn't mean our struggles are not real. Sometimes we are. Because what others are going through, is not, what I'm going through is like, ah. No, it is something. It's, it's what Allah decreed for you. So don't belittle, it doesn't mean we make the big. I'm just saying that we acknowledge that our struggles are real. And we don't dismiss other people's, even individuals. Remember, in the name of bigger problems that we see, we don't say, you know, uh, Dr. Dean's problem is not good. You know, Zaid's problem is nothing. Because people overseas are suffering. No, we don't say this. Our problems are real. Now, on this note, absolutely, we need to now, in, as we engage in our own struggles, never, ever, ever forget, Allah, the son, son of faith. Because the Prophet says, whoever does not concern himself with the condition and the state of this community, his ummah, the larger ummah is not one of them. Which really makes a lot of sense. How concerned are we? The least we can do is make dua. And actually, it shows that we care. Because if you ask, like, what can I do? Ask Allah for help. There may not be much we can do, but doing this thing, da, is not a little thing. That means you really, really care. 
The question is for all of us, how often do we make dua for all of them, all of our brothers and sisters who are really going through some incredible fitness? Look at the Oigre front. Some brothers and sisters like, what, two or three million in prison? I mean, in concentration camps? You know that woman, I don't know if you heard the latest reports, women coming out of the camps, they cannot bear children. <coughs> you have no <coughs> the things they subject them to inside are unconscionable. They, they take their organs away. It's horrible, cruel, inhuman treatment. Talk about fitna. Fitna, ultimate, incredible. The Uyghurs, what's happened recently in Kashmir? And before, Kashmir is not just it showed up. It's just it's a little reminder of the struggles of Kashmir for decades. right? It's just a consolidation of the occupation, pretty much. Official. But it's always been there. It's getting worse, right? Because you know what's happening in the world? Now the audacious tyrants are saying, who cares, nobody's going to say anything. So let's just keep doing work. That's really what's happening. So when you see it, it's overwhelming. As you said, you said it's overwhelming. What do we do? We make God constantly. And ask Allah to, to enable us to, inshallah, help in the ways that we can, right? To provide that relief. To ask Allah, Allah strengthen and fortify them. And, and by the way, the issues go, like, subhanAllah, so many of them. I don't know, like, when I start enumerating, it doesn't end, right? Look at our brothers and sisters in Yemen right now, being split up even with the intrusions and the encroachments of all the actors outside, devastated, the famine, the, look at Syria, the worst now, it's getting worse actually in Syria. We might have forgotten Syria, right? Look at the Masjid al-Aqsa, what happened recently, and bigger, everywhere. And the others who are suffering, not just, even the like, we don't have to talk about Muslims, look at even our problems here. So many issues of poor, <laughs> deprived people, so my point is, these issues have to be foremost in our minds and hearts, and they are, I know this. As a community, we always think about them, and the least is du'a. The least is du'a, but it's not least. That's my point. But that's a sign of faith, inshallah. So let's, inshallah, wrap up. Uh, inshallah, next week, uh, we'll do Surah Al-Rum, inshallah. Um, don't forget again, Eid picnic at 12 o'clock. Sign up for breakfast, barakallahu uh, inshallah. We turn to Allah and ask you, Allah, you are the most merciful, you are the most beneficent. We ask you, Allah, that you fortify our hearts with faith, ya Allah, and guide us to the straight path and make us among the righteous, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us able, ya Allah, to withstand and resist the fitness that we're afflicted with in this life, ya Allah. Protect us and our families, our parents, our children, our siblings, our community, this community of ICCP, ya Allah, and beyond, ya Allah. Protect us from the fitan, ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect us from the fitan and make us steadfast on your path, ya Allah. Make us a source of mercy and light for those around us, Ya Allah. Do not make us among those who cause fitna to others. Do not make us a cause of injustice or oppression to anyone in our lives, Ya Allah. Make us, Ya Allah, walk in your shade in this world and in the hereafter. We ask, Ya Allah, that you provide relief, Ya Allah, to all those who are under fitness, Ya Allah, who are suffering. Ya Allah, everywhere, every spot in this world, Ya Allah, relieve those who are suffering, Ya Allah. Relieve those who are afflicted, Ya Allah. Relieve those who are ill, Ya Allah. Relieve those who are being treated harshly, Ya Allah, and cruelly, Ya Allah. We ask, Ya Allah, that you relieve our brothers and sisters in Kashmir, that you relieve the Uyghurs, that you relieve, Ya Allah, our brothers and sisters, the Rohingya. Ya Allah, relieve them, Ya Allah, in Yemen, in Syria, in Palestine, in Bangladesh, Ya Allah, and everywhere, Ya Allah, relieve them, Ya Allah. Relieve us here, Ya Allah, in our homeland, Ya Allah. Relieve us, Ya Allah. Provide us, Ya Allah, your relief and your mercy, Ya Allah. Allahumma ameen. اللهم امين اللهم امين وصل الله معنا سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين جزاكم الله خير ان شاء الله السلام عليكم